Hello and welcome to Being Boss episode number 78. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks Cloud Accounting. Being boss in work and life is being in it. It's being who we are, doing the work, breaking some rules, and even though we each have to do it on our own, being boss is knowing we're in it together. I'm so excited because today we have my very good friend and just one of my favorite people in the whole world, Becky Simpson, with us. Becky is an illustrator and author, but she also just launched Chipper Things, which you can find at chipperthings.com, which is a website full of her amazing work that you can actually purchase and buy. So Emily and I are especially excited to have someone who is not only an artist, but a maker and selling physical things on the show. I know that we talk to a lot of people who offer services, but today we are talking to a boss who is using her hands to make things and sell them, and she's also just launched a book called The Roommate Book. Um, it's her second book. Her first book is called I'd Rather Be Short, and I love that one, and I'm so excited to dig into The Roommate Book. So, yeah. But first, I want to take a second here to read this email that we got from a listener. Hey, bosses. I just wanted to share this positive start to my week. FreshBooks is awesome. I'm in the process of switching from the dreaded QuickBooks over to FreshBooks this week. Here's why FreshBooks is awesome. One, a real person answered the phone on the first ring. Two, he didn't make me feel stupid. Three, he told me exactly how to do what I needed to do next, essentially my next steps. And four, he told me that they'd walk me through the complicated stuff when I'm ready because what I have going on is a little bit complicated. He also shared a video resource that can help me quickly get through my next steps. So if you're looking for a great place to keep your books, FreshBooks is legit. I just wanted to share a little Monday morning awesome with everyone. It's the little things like this that make being my own boss a pleasure. All right, so that comes from our listener, Erin, and we are so glad that she's loving FreshBooks. If you guys want to try FreshBooks for free today, go to freshbooks.com slash beingboss and enter beingboss in the how did you hear about us section. You can start a free trial without a credit card today. Becky. Hi. Hey. Thank you for having me. I've been so excited about this since, since we scheduled it. Thanks for joining us. Now, first, I need to get something a little bit awkward out of the way and just confirm on air that you are not Becky with the good hair. I am not. Or are you? Just leave me alone, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) But you do have really good hair. Uh, I I mean, it's it's big, big, thick hair. So it's good. Would Beyonce be jealous? (laughs) No, Beyonce would not be jealous. But would Beyonce be jealous if you were making out with her husband? I mean, I think that that's a a normal married woman issue. A normal thing to be jealous about. That's what I meant. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Women having issues with their husbands making out with other people. Good. I I feel like Beyonce would is uh, has a, a right to be angry. I haven't seen Lemonade, though. Oh, you just need to watch it. I know. I just, it feels so hard to access because it's on HBO. and No, it's not even on HBO. Really? You know why it's so easy so... to access? You go to iTunes.com and you buy it for $18 That's and it? it is worth every penny. Yes, it's not I didn't hard even. I well, obviously do. haven't even tried. I just, I mean, everyone, so for those listening, my husband bought me this tank top that says Becky in these big, big letters and it has a little lemon on the corner. Um, so it's it's funny in context because my name is Becky, but out of context, I wonder what people think I'm trying to get at. You know? And really, even out of context, there might be people listening to this show who don't even know who Beyonce is. So, Oh, yeah, even further out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the yeah powers of 10 with like the Beyonce... <laughs> know how (laughs) so if you have not watched lemonade just stop listening to our show right now you don't need to hear anything becky has to say you just need to watch (laughs) lemonade and then come back becky does not think that's funny what i I do (laughs) she's checking to see if she has split ends in her hair you guys this hair flew in front of my eye (laughs) 
leave me okay. alone. I need to watch the, I really need to watch that video because it's one of those things where I just, you know, like the, the, the references enough that you can get by kind of like, um, well, no, actually not. I haven't read Harry Potter. I and, haven't either. And I kind of like now at this point that I've gone so far to where I don't have to read it. I don't well, like, like it. Like the girl who doesn't, didn't read it. And I know that's kind of dumb. Like I like to read. But it feels like it's too late. So I just started reading the first book of Harry Potter. I like how we're, I'm like, I'm so excited to have an illustrator and author and product maker who just launched a line that she's selling on our show. And I'm talking about Lemonade and Harry Potter. But these are important issues. <laughs> they are. <laughs> I just can't get over that neither of you have read them. Whenever I heard that about Kathleen, I almost just quit being boss. <laughs> yeah and you know who added me was my sister who's a harry potter fan so yep. i started to read the first book of harry potter and it's written for an eight-year-old and i just couldn't hang yeah so that's okay. i'm going to wait until fox is eight and then we'll read it together and then i'll yep, make him read it that. to me <laughs> <laughs> okay so becky thanks for joining us oh, we're so glad to have you here i am honored to be here now i know a little bit of your story but I really want to hear how you went from, well, how you really became an illustrator. I thought that seems like a really scary career choice. I mean, I remember even going to art school and graphic design school. My dad was like, you're going to be selling pencils on the side of the road. Like, what are you thinking? And I feel like illustrator is even really even more of an accomplishment to tackle this day and age. But you're also an author, which is a dream come true to not only have one book, but now two. And it is yeah. so beautiful. Oh, thank In you. fact, like I am really curious about the creative control and like working with your publisher and being able to really illustrate the whole thing. I got to flip through it today and it's so like, I just love your illustration. So I want to talk about like all these things combined and how did you get to where you are right now? Uh, well, thank you so much about saying that about the book, because when you work on any project for hundreds of hours, as much as you know, you can like really in your heart of hearts, believe, believe in the project and be proud of it. But you're still like, this is still my baby. Like would I really know the difference. So it's I mean, I'm I love it. But I'm it's so fun now that it's coming out and to see other people kind of see it for the first time. So thank you. But I um, okay, so how did I get to where I am or how yes. did I get started? So how did you, how did you tell me about the journey? Like maybe even from what did you major in in college? What were some of your first jobs out of school to mm -hmm. then really getting here? And like, are you still designing health brochures on the side? Like, do you still have side gigs that help pay the bills? Did you know I did that? Yeah. Okay. I was like, that's pay, so crazy. I pay attention. <laughs> such a good listener. Uh, so I went to Iowa State where I studied graphic design because I wanted to do something practical with my creativity. Uh, and so I, I did that. And um, as a naive college person, I thought, oh, in a couple of years, I'll be I'll just go freelance after my first job. Shouldn't be that hard. You'll be, I'm an old pro after two years. That's my, the voice, I guess. <laughs> Is that what you sound like used. in your head to yourself? In uh, when I was 20. <laughs> when I was 20 that was my 20 you know four-year-old self gotcha. but I uh, did that and then I got a job out of out of college at, in Waco Texas uh, where I studied or where I uh, it was a, a marketing firm where we did graphic design and I really liked it like I felt very appreciated for my style and so I was able to kind of start to do more like hand hand-done stuff, illustrative kind of looking pieces. Um, th and that's Rewind in college. That's a lot of the projects I did there too was um, I illustrated a lot of part components of it just because it was easier for me than like doing it maybe the, the slick, cool way. I was like, well, I just could just draw this um, real fast <laughs> and that would be good. So that's kind of what I did at the job where I slowly – Kind of, I felt more and more uh, confident the more I, I sort of embraced my style. And so then I uh, had this idea for my first book, I'd Rather Be Short. And it's, since you can't see this book if you're listening, it's 100 Reasons Why It's Great to Be Small. Uh, and each page has a, a little illustration above a sentence. And it's things like 
Uh, it takes less time to shave your legs, and you sleep like a queen in a twin-size bed, and you're less likely to smell people's bad breath, and just silly things. And it, it came out of a time where I just wanted someone to to kind of tell me those things and give me permission, even though or to to like it. I'm like five feet tall too. That that might uh, also matter <laughs> for this. Um, but that's that's kind of how it started. So I had the book idea, and then the the short version, which Wait, but did you have the book idea first or did you start the, like the side project on chipper things like as for the book? Yeah, because I was following along at the time. Like I was actually reading your blog at the time and we had become blog buddies and you started doing these, I'd rather be short illustrations. And it almost seemed like a side project that you were able to turn into a book or do you always have the idea to start a book? Yeah, this is, this makes me so happy that you know, because usually when I tell that story, I assume nobody kind of knew the backstory. So I gloss over that time, which was, yeah, I did always want it to be a book. But I felt like everybody wants that. Who am I to think that I could have a book? Like, I thought maybe when I'm old and gray, I would finally like have a, I would write and illustrate a children's book. And that's actually what I've been wanting since kindergarten. But that was sort of a long, long, you know, long term thing. Uh, and so, yeah, when I was putting them on my blog, I thought that was out of me trying to put enough out there that I could get the style down. Cause a lot of them were really bad at first. I just had to get through it. And, um, and then the, the, the plan was once I had enough good ones, I would submit a handful to lit agents and then try to get a book deal. But I wasn't, I wasn't like banking on it. I mean, I really knew it was a long shot. But I knew that I just had to start and then maybe I'll self-publish or maybe it will become a more traditionally published book someday. Um, Yeah, it worked out. I love that you don't diminish the fact that you had this goal in the first place. Like, I feel like even with being boss, I even diminish the start of that sometimes by saying we were just starting a little podcast and then it turned into a big deal. But the truth is we wanted it to be a big success from the beginning. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes it's easy. I don't know if it's because we're women or if it's because we're creative entrepreneurs and have those inner gremlins that you were talking about. Like, who am I to be successful? Oh, totally. That's really good. But I think it is also easier when it did work out, you know, to then admit it because I'm sure that. I remember in, in like fourth or fifth grade and you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I think I said like a movie star or something and people laughed and I was like, Oh, you're like, no, for real. like would have been like a cute story. Like if I was who a movie star, J law right now, J law, um, I don't know. J Lo, Jennifer, Jennifer yeah, Lawrence. No. Oh, Jennifer Lawrence. I didn't know that she's going by J law. I, I love. Well, I don't Lawrence. think she chose it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. hadn't heard that yet. Well, I I think it's a thing. But, but I think now's a good time to point out. <laughs> now's a good time to point out that you do look like Sarah Jessica Parker. I I like her. She's beautiful. I yeah, I think. I mean, cool. and super talented. I shouldn't just say she's beautiful. Oh, she's it's super okay. talented. It's, it's not. Okay. I know what you mean. I know what you. <laughs> but mean. I bet you guys are the same height. You have the same. Yeah, hair. she is really short. You have the same yeah, we nose. both have big hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I wouldn't say I have her Sex in the City style, but I would like to think that you if I did live in New York, I, you know, I would be wearing that tutu and <laughs> gallivanting around. Okay, so I have a question. I want to, and sorry, I might be kind of like interrupting your journey story a little bit, but I want to talk a little bit about your style and embracing your style even whenever you are working as a graphic designer. Because if you look at your style, it's really super um, like quirky, whimsy. What other adjectives would you use to describe your style? Uh, goofy, optimistic, colorful, playful. So your style is, it definitely stands out. And it's the kind of thing where I don't know about you guys growing up as an artist or drawing, but I felt like you had to draw realistic to be considered a good artist. And I feel like I held on to that myth up until I started hanging out with other artists who had more distinguished or interesting styles like yours, Becky. So at what point did you like really embrace the kind of optimistic, whimsy, colorful style? Yeah, it was all a slow progression. I mean, it was, you know, to do to doing like more full time illustration came out of just evolving with the style. I never intentionally 
set out to draw this way because I used to draw in high school like really like fashion um like fashion illustration style with like long legs and these like little like puckered lips uh but I I guess like slowly you know it's never like a one it'd be easier to be like well this one night I had this thought you know to draw like bumpier kneecaps and but it's really just after doing things so much you kind of sort of figure out what's more fun and that's that's for me just what is the most fun way to draw this person and that's generally how I draw it and so I guess with that my a lot of people struggle with comparison, you know, in creative fields. I, I, I'm not immune to that. I, I do struggle with that. But my bigger issue would be not living up to my potential because I feel like I, I love what I'm doing and I acknowledge I'm not the best. And sometimes I wonder if I'm too okay with that. And if I like, because I love doing what I do and like I do it the way that feels the most maybe comfortable or natural, which I think makes the work better, but I also wonder, like, am I not challenging myself enough? Um, not that it's not a challenge. It's definitely a challenge. Uh, but, yeah. So that's a thought that I have. <laughs> okay, going back to going back to chipper things and drawing the process of I'd rather be short. So you had gone out to make a book, and you thought, I had this idea, but you were still kind of working through the process in real time. Yeah. I think that that's so cool. Like, like, so not only have you given yourself permission to not be the best, but to really kind of hash that out in front of a live audience. Do you still feel like you're doing that a little bit? Is that uh, just feel, like part of the creative process? Yeah, to some degree. I kind of feel like now I have a, a clear idea of what I want and where I'm going. I want to be open to the evolution of it and the change and the hiccups and all that stuff. But it doesn't feel as vulnerable as it did in the beginning only because I think the more you do something, it's just like getting older as a human. Like art aside, I mean, I'm sure I would love being short at this point without having gone through the process of making a book just because I've gotten older, you know, and more mature and comfortable with myself. And I feel like it's like that with art a little bit too. But I'm still never, I, I still always feel like I'm not... A, content with what I'm doing you know I think is that do you guys feel like that or do you feel I don't so weird totally but it's so funny coming from like it's funny coming from different fields because I feel like you and I have even skyped about this before Becky but like whenever you got the Adobe residence which is maybe something that we should touch on but basically you ended up getting an Adobe residency for a year and we'll we'll explain what that means in a second but you talked about imagining your life as this ideal day that you can now live out in real time, which is like waking up to the sun and going down to your studio, which is now all of a sudden like this beautiful work shed in your backyard (laughs) and you're just drawing all day. And and to to me, like, and I look at this roommate book and it looks like it was so much fun to create. Like I cannot imagine an ounce of angst in this, even though I know I should know better, but like it, I can't see it. So it looks like your life is just perfect and that you're just drawing cute little funny whimsy art letters people all day long flow charts all day just, long. Yeah, just You're so just living easy. the dream. I, I bet you never cry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I've I started to cry. I started to cry more now at random times like in movies more but I did before the chipper things launch I had some breakdowns because I was just so stressed out I know this isn't the point of all of that you just said but I do feel like when I do have those moments it's like I think that maybe that means I'm onto something because I'm so invested that I'm like breaking down um, because it means that much to me maybe that's how I justify it but the, the roommate book was it was a lot harder than the first book even though I created this mantra for myself that was, if it's not fun, you're doing it wrong. So nobody was making me put in this like spread that was, I'm, I'm trying to, just something that was kind of t- t- took extra research or by the time I sat down to do it and just was, didn't feel right and good and fun. No one was making me do that. So, so that gave me permission to just scratch it and, and draw like 
terracotta pots, pot designs, even though the terracotta pot designs, that's funny when you say it all together. Um, <laughs> it's like kind of a joke, jokey DIY. Cause it, one of them's like your social security number. And just, just kidding. <laughs> you wouldn't do that. Or like call mom. But those, well, in those moments, um, that made the book a lot easier. I mean, the book was really fun to work on, but because every spread, it's 150 pages, and it's it's not like the first book where it's a list with a picture above it. It's like reinventing the wheel for every single spread. I feel like I want to mention real quick that, well, Emily, do you have anything to say about like the creative process and feeling like you suck? Wait, is that why you're crying because you feel like you suck? Or are you afraid of failing or not living up to your potential? Or Whoa. do you just have estrogen in your body? <laughs> I think, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think it, it was just being overwhelmed with just having too much to do and feeling like in those weak moments of like, why did I, why didn't I design these note cards already? <laughs> you know, stuff like that. But I mean, those are, I feel like the thoughts the self-doubt stuff is more of like a creeping in kind of thought. It doesn't really hit me all at once. It's like if I'm working on something too long or, but in I think general, lately whenever I'm crying, it's like regretting every decision I ever made. Like I have somehow picked the completely wrong path. Why didn't I just become a makeup artist or why didn't I become a doctor? That would be so much what? easier. Which I'm laughing. I'm laughing, you guys, (laughs) because like, obviously it's not, but there are moments where even as an artist, you start to think like, why, why did I have to pick something that I have to think so hard about and care so much about? Like, why couldn't I have just picked a job job? Well, and I think there are two things I want to say here. And one of them is around the idea that we're all just fucking human. Like, you know, we create these jobs for ourselves. We get to do really like seemingly dreamy things. But like we also still have emotions like that's going to happen sometimes. And because God knows I do shit. I cry all the time these days. (laughs) Like the same thing. And a part of I think part of it for me is just getting older and like, I don't know, just seeing like bigger pictures that are more terrifying. Like knowing that you're going to die one day. Well, and that's that far scarier than really writing a blog yet. post. But more like, I mean, more like for me, you know, if now if one thing goes wrong with being boss or with anything, like it's not just going to affect me but and my family, but also our team and you and your family. Like decisions now have so much more weight than they ever have before. And so that can be really overwhelming. But also, I really want to point out that, like, you know, whether you are at a day job, like, trying to create a side hustle or in a side hustle, or you've created your own day job or, like, dream job or whatever, like, it's still work. And, like, granted, like, I'm very thankful that none of us are, like, having to do, like, hard physical labor. Like, we've created these jobs for ourselves where we get to get to use our brain and our hands more so than like our physical bodies. But, um, but it's, you know, it doesn't mean that like we don't still get overwhelmed with all the decisions that have to be made or all the weight that our decisions hold, or just the fact that sometimes we'd rather be sitting on the couch watching Netflix, eating pop tarts too. Uh, but instead we're like, you know, answering emails and managing businesses or getting products out the door or like meeting deadlines and all these things. And I feel like, I mean, that's just that whole, that a whole other level of like not wanting to gloss over the fact that um you know dream jobs are not always dreamy and like creating a dream job doesn't mean that you get to like ride on unicorns and eat popsicles all day like you still have to work I know right (laughs) surprise Kathleen Uh, work is still work and I mean I think whether you're an illustrator you know illustrating your own book and it's really dreamy and adorable and fun or you get to just sit on a podcast all day and talk or like whatever it is like there are still like grown-up things that come with weight and emotions that go on and um I feel like I don't know I I don't want to be I don't want us to be the podcast that makes it sounds too fluffy because it's not um even if it looks fluffy even if it looks like the funniest roommate book ever which is one thing that I want to point out really quick is Becky you are one of the funniest people I know I feel like you should do stand-up comedy like (laughs) I have you know do you know that remember MTV made that yeah. show where yeah. they took people like into and threw them into a totally new oh, element right. like I'm a cheerleader but I want to be a skateboarder <laughs> I feel like that I, I would I feel like if if I could do that in life it would be stand-up comedy but not because I feel like it's just the scariest thing ever 
not because it's something I would be. Okay, side note. Do you ever feel like, do you ever feel like speaking is kind of like being a stand-up comedian? And we've spoken at conferences together before. I mean, not together, together, but we've both spoken at the same conferences and have supported each other. And I'm always laughing so hard at your talks. And do you ever feel like you're going up there to be a stand-up comedian? Like, I always feel like I'm doing a bad job if people aren't laughing. Um, well, it's, it's, it's nice when people make noises, like positive <laughs> laughter when you're talking. I'm because you just, the room I mean, there's, otherwise you just don't know. I just, I do feel like it's like performing a little bit. Like you have your, it, it is, it's, it's like improv that's rehearsed kind of. I hate speaking and seeing someone out in the audience with their arms crossed and they're scowling at me. And I'm like, I, I never can never cross see my you. arms when someone can see me speaking now. That's it's just for worst. everyone listening. If you're in the front row, just nod and smile because it will mean so much to that person that can see you who's on yeah. stage. Okay, so anyway, I wanted to say that the humor really, your humor specifically, really stands out in the book. So, like, not only are the illustrations really fun, but, for example, on the terracotta pot spread, it's all these different ways that you can design your terracotta pots, and one has a big exclamation mark on it, and I was like, ooh, I'm going to do that to one of my terracotta pots, and then underneath the description is something understated, and it's just funny that it's an exclamation mark, like, thank you for so funny. I you crack me up. I feel like known when like that you like that joke, even though it's in the book, and like that's the point is for people to like it. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of inside jokes and just things that crack me up, hoping that the rest of the world. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit it. about chipper things. So you've yeah. had chipper things for a long time. Your name is Becky Simpson, and I actually want to talk about using chipper things versus your name because this is something a lot of creatives from oh service gosh. providers to all sorts of people have a question about so and, and you got married recently so your name changed from becky murphy which is on your first book yeah to becky simpson so can you talk about all the drama around naming like how did you finally decide on chipper things i that was so hard for me i i i sympathize empathize with whoever is in in that because it is it's it was so weird with chipper things to where I felt like I know where this business is going I just want to get started and how is it possible that I still don't know what the name is um but so chipper things was the name of my Etsy store for a few years I started wood burning when I was new to Waco and didn't have friends so I had this little (laughs) Etsy store called chipper things just like a punny name you know for wood and then the name just kind of stuck on the blog, and it's always really made sense for my work, even though it's it's not involving planks of wood anymore. But uh, I, I kind of had this feeling. So during this creative residency with Adobe... Okay, wait, spent, can we pause for a I second? I know, I feel like I'm going all these... No, yeah. like, so you moved to Waco, Texas, you're lonely, so you're like, I'm going to create art on wood. Well, I, that's like the way that it gets retold. It's really like I was in Hobby Lobby one night, and then I saw the the wood plank and then a wood burning pen. Okay, I was like, "Oh, this looks like a good Friday night activity." <laughs> so I did it, and then I started making more and selling. And you're like, "I better and, sell this." Yeah, exactly. Got to. That's how all make Etsy that money. Stars, that's how all Etsy stores start. Yeah, on Hobby a Friday Lobby. night in Hobby Lobby. Friday night. Yeah, yeah do good or not good and make lots more and sell them. Okay, so Adobe residency. So I, so for the, the last year, Adobe, I've been um, in this residency. It just ended. And uh, Adobe sponsored me for a year while I worked on passion projects full time. So my projects were finishing the roommate book and uh, designing and launching chipper things. I did other stuff too, but those are like the main things. So because I spent all of this time and with with the store really like redoing, I mean, it's over 70 products now. So it felt like I needed like a new name almost to go with it. And I was like, is Chipper Things too kitschy? Is it too like, I wanted it to be like cool and grown up. And so I, I, I went through like hundreds of names. And at one point I decided on, on loop and line. And I have the domain if anyone wants it. So when I would tell people, 
like, oh, I got the name of my store. And like, oh, cool, what is it? I'm like, Lupin Line. And they're like, what? I'm like, Lupin Line. And, like, and it felt like the rural juror from 30 Rock. Like, yeah. like, I was like, no, I know what this means. If I had to repeat it, I can't use it. So my, um, I, one of my mentors, Nick Annette Miller, she was with Tatley. Um, she, we talked often and, and she was like, why don't you use chipper things? It's perfect that you already have it it makes sense for you. Like, so I just didn't even realize, you know, at that point I was so decided on getting a new name that I I was so, I was so over chipper things that I like didn't reconsider it until she said that. And then I, I fell back in love with it. So here we are. I love that. Hi bosses. One of my favorite things about doing business online other than making business besties with cool creatives all over the world, is being able to quickly and easily share my expertise with people who need what I offer. But hosting a workshop or getting paid for a one-on-one can be a bit of a logistical nightmare. E-commerce, payment processors, web pages, the works. Until now. How about having scheduling software that allows people to pay for their sessions right when they book? Because that's a thing, and it's called acuity scheduling. Yep, you heard it right. Get paid online without needing e-commerce to do it, without needing to send separate invoices, and never again needing to seek out payment after you've already given your time. The best part? Acuity has this feature working for one-on-ones as well as group classes and workshops, getting you paid faster than ever before no matter how you're doing it. Acuity scheduling for client calendars. Book them, bill them, blow them away. Sign up for a free 60-day trial of Scheduling Sanity at acuityscheduling.com slash beingboss. Now, let's get back at it. So, your name, though. Let's go back. So, Chipper Things, yes, but like Becky Simpson. Let's talk about your decision to go with something that wasn't your name because that is something that more people struggle with than anything so chipper things spot on i'm glad you kept it loop and line not what so is it? much it sounds like it? fly fishing uh, that, yeah. would, that would have been a good name oh. for your wood burning maybe that's where the wood burning oh. sets should go i have all i have like the social media <laughs> handles if someone has a better you if someone wants a name people can't understand reach out <laughs> reach out we have one up for grabs <laughs> yeah that's hysterical. So let's talk about your name then, because you did change your last name as well. Like, and girl, I got several people I'm going to forward this episode to because this is a real conversation. Totally. <laughs> well, so do we want to talk about why didn't I name my shop Becky Simpson? Yeah, yeah let's, let's talk there. about that. Well, that was that was hard because I did go back and forth with it because it's my art. It's only my art. I feel very connected to it. I want the credit. You know, I did it. But I do want this, I, and I do see this as something that's bigger than myself. And it's not that I couldn't use my name, but if I have future endeavors or if I want to do like a f- sell original pieces or like fine art, like I just wanted to have my, keep my name for maybe other purposes that are even more personal than mass produced art. That That is still very personal. Um, and I, I guess... I'm not, I feel like I did go through it a lot. And I just think that it it was one of those things that there's, I was constantly thinking about, but the more I sort of sat back from it without the immediate pressure, I sort of felt right about using a name that was, that I felt like I could grow and people, it felt on first impression, like a, a business that was maybe bigger, not that that should be how you make a decision because you know, a name is just a name. Well, but, but why not? Like, I think that that's yeah. actually a really good point that this could be bigger than yourself. And there are a lot of creatives who have made a business bigger than themselves. I'm specifically thinking of fashion designers. Yeah. Whenever it comes to their name. Martha but I Stewart. really love, yeah, right? <laughs> like, I love that you held in mind that your name could be used for something even more personal or even more sacred, even if it is around your art or something that you're selling. Yeah. And I, I have heard it both ways. I mean, I know people who are very successful in this, the product-based business who wish, you know, that they did keep the personal name because then you run into stores not knowing 
if they should credit your you personally or the brand and it gets kind of confusing in a way but I just decided I just have to choose so just gonna choose that's awesome one of the things that I've run into and especially like being in this business as long as I have and watching people name businesses and rename businesses I have clients who've went through multiples Um, but one of the things that I've seen is like almost this ebb and flow of what you name things. So like you will sit tight with a personal brand until you've created something that can stand on its own. And then you may rebrand it as like a business or like a unpersonal brand. And then your personal brand goes on to do something else. And I think that like, that almost that separation is, I mean, it's something you have to grow into or you simply choose and do it. Um, but there is this funny little ebb and flow that I keep seeing where where you do start doing something and you grow it to be this like freestanding thing almost. Mm-hmm. You can set it aside and either let it let it continue to grow or close it down, as, especially as like multi-passionate creatives go from one project to the next. Um, and then at some point, your personal brand can stand on its own as this as this brand that's done these things that are all under like their separate names. So I think that um, I think that what you've done like naturally, there's almost a strategy to it that I've seen, you know, develop over the last like, God, six years now, I guess, of like doing online business stuff where where that's totally how it works. You just you create something and then you go like to the next step. You carry your personal brand with you. Um, and it is sort of the umbrella under which all the things that you do and create stays dry under. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's well said for how it feels like it goes. So I'm curious, what advice would you give to bosses who are wanting to dip their toe in illustration or they're wanting to maybe write their own book or launch something new? I want to get back to chipper things, though, because with 70 products, like what it Okay, hang on. What's I want to I want to ask that question first. I want to ask <laughs> about chipper things first and I want to end on what advice would you give? So, let's talk about chipper things really quick. So, you launched with over 70 products, is that right? Yes. And they include things like prints, prints, cards, notebooks, pins, bandana, totes. There's a pin, your pin I need. The girl's gone mild? Yes. <laughs> I there might be some mail oh. coming oh. your way. Oh. So, nice. just so keep our eyes on the mailbox. Saying there might, <laughs> yes. might may or may not be. I don't know. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but what goes into like logistically having a store where you're selling things? Is someone else okay? Do you print the things on demand? Do you, who distributes it? Are you doing all of it yourself? No, I mean, I'm I'm the. I'm the boss, so I have to figure out how everything happens. But I have a fulfillment center. I have – so those products that I listed earlier, uh, I wanted to do a, a zillion different kinds of things, pillowcases, tea towels, um, decals. Like I had to scratch a lot of things because when you're working with all these logistics, that's just way too much to manage um, for, for not having done this before. So I have uh, I have these different people who, who are producing the goods, and then they go to my fulfillment center in Iowa, and they package everything. And Is store. it your mom and dad? Are your mom oh and dad your fulfillment center? <laughs> no, but what if they were? That would be, I don't know if they just wouldn't, I guess, because they have jobs, but... <laughs> Sounds really sweet, that would be like a really nice notes and like childhood stories and stuff on everybody's order. Um, but they, it, well, actually, that's partly why I chose this place. It's called Cedar Graphics. Shout out to them. And they are, uh, so I'm from Iowa originally, and I was getting quotes and thought, well, if I'm going to get quotes outside of Austin, where I live, I should go to Iowa just in case. It's, I could just write it off for business when I need to go visit or they, I'm already going to be at home. And so like I can visit this fulfillment center. I mean, there's a million places I could have picked, but it just made sense to me to support the home state and do it close to home. So, but they, they, they ship everything out. Another behind the scenes question. Are you, so really launching Chipper Things and the book and all of that, 
I know that before that you were still supplementing your income with graphic design before you got the Adobe residency and maybe working on not so dreamy projects that you would put up on your portfolio or even associate with your name now. Are you still doing any of that on the side to help pay the bills or are you full-time, like did you full-time commit to illustration and chipper things and the books? That's a great question. So for books, usually don't make enough money to be your income uh, for traditionally published. I mean, they can do well and it totally, this is not speaking for everybody, um, but even people who are like very, very successful, like it's still book advances and royalties are, they're, they're not like your full-time job for, yeah, for a lot of people, not for me. So you have to also get a job uh, to pay your bills. So Chipper Things is my main focus, but I am taking on, the residency just ended, so I'm starting to take on some illustration work on the side too, but the the shop is the the main squeeze. But is there anything that you're saying no to now that you maybe would not have said no to before? Yeah. Good. Yeah, it's really just, I mean, well, it's a lot of things, but the the store takes a lot of time. Yeah. So, and I want to do that right. And then do you feel like it's worth that investment though of time? Like even if you're not making super bank, you can still pay the bills and really focus on like investing in your business with your own time and energy, right? Yeah. I think that you just, it's, yeah. I mean, I guess it's just what work, what you, everyone's situation is different. So at the end of the day, you have to pay the bills and, and make it happen, make it work. But if you can spend the extra time on the business, like the, the long, play the long game with it, that's great. But it's not I'm especially everyone's thinking, option. I guess I'm especially thinking about some of our listeners who might still be working a day job and uh-huh. trying to build their creative business on the side. And they're trying to take on any work just to prove that they uh, can rather than really focusing, like rather than focusing on what they're best at. And so I think what I'm trying to get to is like, are you now just focusing on what you're best at or what you want to be known for? Right. Yes, definitely. I mean, because there are still, I love... I love the client aspect of work. I mean, people can dog on it and that's, but, but clients, it's a collaboration. If you have a good client, you can make some amazing projects. And so I will always be open. I think for now, (laughs) for now I'm open, you know, like to, to that kind of collaboration. Um, but yeah, I don't want to be just working on anything that comes my way. And not only like amazing, not only amazing projects, but amazing relationships. Yeah. Because whenever you work in a field like ours, you can make good friends and good contacts with people that you end up working with. Definitely. So Becky, I have one last question before we let you go. And that is, if you have any advice for someone who is really wanting to start their career in illustration or just follow their passion making art or writing a book, whatever their creative career might look like, what advice would you give to someone who's maybe having a hard time just getting started? I think that starting is the hardest part. So if it's hard for you, then you are, you're doing everything okay. That is normal. I think that having sort of a project you have to complete and so you have that kind of accountability is really important because then it, be, it builds momentum for you even before you have any accolades or praise so things like the 100-day project um, from The Great Discontent and El Luna, um, they do that. Uh, so it's just you do, you, you do a thing for 100 days and post it on Instagram, or you don't have to. Um, or you could do like a little, just completing a series of, of the thing. Or I think a lot of times when you can put it into a chunk of time and do it every day for that amount of days, I think that's really attainable because – you don't have, you're not committing to doing it forever. You're just saying for 30 days or whatever. So I think that's a good place to start. I love that because a lot of times whenever you think about what you want to make, you're just in your mind picturing the end goal, like this 100-page book full of really cool illustrations. You're not thinking about the fact that it's really just one illustration at a time, right? And you have to start somewhere. Yeah, totally. I think that you... Yeah, you have to start somewhere and I think you have to change the definition of success for it and that that's huge. Like 
with um with the roommate book working on that you know it's it's like starting a book is that's a big task and so i just started with the easiest pages that were the most fun like maybe it was like an amy poller pull quote like or you know something that was just fun for me that i didn't feel like i could possibly mess up and then you you just slowly build on that and you just do anything like doing doing it a bad is in that in this instance of of the success just is just being doing it it can be bad and you give yourself permission to make a horrible version of that thing and then from there you you don't worry about the next part but you eventually you will refine it and get better but i feel like that's like the best feeling is when i have permission to just fail and be make a really bad version of whatever it is Okay, a couple of questions about the roommate book. So yeah. I lied. I have a few more questions. Hey, <laughs> I'm, I got the time. Let's do it. Do you have to have a roommate to enjoy the roommate book? That's a good question. I I do think it's I well I think it's more just having uh, knowing what it's like to have a roommate. Maybe you don't have to have one, but it's probably more enjoyable if you can kind of relate to the roommate life. I could to- totally see myself doing this with David. Yeah, I feel like there's definitely, there's like bucket lists on there. And because I, so I had the idea for it right before I met my husband. And then I worked on it and finished it around, finished it not long after we got married. So it's just the timing is, is funny, like the transition. So now it's my roommate is Greg. And I feel like a lot of the stuff still applies, like building traditions and should I eat that without asking flowchart, you know? <laughs> Except yes. you get to do it at the end of the day or beginning yes. of the day. Yes. Whenever your roommate's your main squeeze. Exactly. Okay. Um, <laughs> I want to do some of these projects too. I think it's applicable to kids too. If your roommate is your child, <laughs> the roommate yes. book is so fun. I think that Lily's going to love this one, Emily. Oh, I definitely yes. think the pet peeves one will be a page that I will go over with her. <laughs> Actually, David too, for that matter. That's going to be exercise number one. Yeah, it's a really positive book, but there are some passive aggressive things in there because you really <laughs> cannot have a roommate book without a few few little passive aggressive awards. But I've loved all of my roommates, and so that's kind of what... That's why I wrote it from this perspective. Have you shared a sneak peek with them yet? With your roommates? Oh my gosh. <gasps> I Well, I think I sent them, like, if I did a page that was totally based on an inside joke, I think I've sent it to them that way. But not the full But now, now I'm like, I don't know if, if they haven't. I know they haven't. You need to send it to I them. I need to. And then I know. make I'm them open it, them it right and away. read it to you on Skype and so you can see the reaction. Yeah. <laughs> although just just pretend I'm not here. Just be just be totally natural. It's like I'm not even here. I didn't just spend like eighteen months working on it. It's just, it was no big deal. No big deal. And you start crying. They're like, This hurts my feelings. <laughs> no. I it's very I feel like it's like very G-rated and and happy-go-lucky. Well, it is beautiful. Congrats! I'm so proud of you. Which feels almost condescending to say, Um, but it's beautiful. Thank you. I this might be. I do want to give some credit though to. I feel like we kind of touched on this, but didn't talk about it. My publisher, the publisher for this book, is Andrews McNeil, and they have been. They have given me total creative freedom. And I know people, you hear like all different versions of that from authors, like what kind of freedom you get. And for both of my books, I've, I've just been so lucky that they've let me do what, what I, what I'm best at. And so I just think that's really, so people are wondering about that because some people might wonder like if you get a publisher, you know, do you have to like sign your soul away? Right. You don't have to. Can you introduce us to your publisher? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so Emily and I are actually planning on writing a book for Being Boss. And I think we are going to go the self-publishing route for different reasons. And we can do a whole different podcast episode about that. But it would actually be fun to have a traditionally published person on the podcast with a self-published, like all at the same time. That would be really cool. And um, my agent's pretty awesome too. So mm-hmm. you could have like a lit agent perspective. Nice. I like it. So um, where can our listeners find more of you? Websites, social media, all of it. The book. Where can all they find it. the book? 
all of it. The book, the roommate book, is available for pre-order right now. Uh, it's going to be on shelves June 28th, uh, so you can order it from Barnes and Noble, Amazon, IndieBound, and then available where books are sold. And then Chipper Things is chipperthings.com, and then that's social Instagram mostly at Chipper Things. And then, do you want me to go down the list? Keep the going. Personal. Okay, the last the last <laughs> leg of this adventure, uh, and then me personally, Becky M. Simps at um, well that the at is before that. That's the this is the social <laughs> handle, and then uh, BeckySimpson.co is my website with my personal work and all that. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. It was Thank so good to see you. you. I know. This is great that we get to hang out over over the internet. I know. Worldwide right. web. I'm living in the, the future, y'all. I know. What a time to be alive. <laughs> right? Video, Agreed. phone calls. But thank you so much. This has been so fun. I'm, like I said, I'm so honored to be here and get to share. Thank you for listening to Being Boss. Please be sure to visit our website at beingboss.club where you can find show notes for this episode, listen to past episodes, and discover more of our content that will help you be boss in work and life. Did you like this episode? Please share it with a friend and show us some love by leaving a rating and review on iTunes. And if you're looking for a community of bosses to help take your creative business to the next level, be sure to check out our exclusive community at beingboss.club clubhouse where you get access to our closed and very vibrant Slack group, monthly Q&A calls with Kathleen and myself, a book club, and more. Cultivate your tribe and find your wolf pack at beingboss.club clubhouse. Do the work, be boss, and we'll see you next week. Okay, so final question, Emily, can you ask it? Wait, what was it? It's ask, <laughs> ask Becky. People <laughs> give us when you do this. People to me. give like, us read a, my mind. Well, people give us a hard time that I talk too much. <laughs> they do. Yeah, in like a mean way or just I'm like, like whatever. A, just kind of do it. Kathleen. No, more like in a sweet way where they're like, oh, I want to hear Emily ask the questions, <laughs> right? They're in Kathleen's brain. She's just going at it. Okay. So, well, our final question before we wrap up here is if you had any advice for someone who is wanting to start a career in illustration, I... I had no idea that was the question. Yeah, because I said I have two questions. I'm going to start with chipper things and then the advice question. Right. Okay. I'm sorry. That was unfair. That was unfair to you, Emily. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. Just do it, honey.